Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy, joined by Vance in front of Ranger. And uh, Todd Young on speakerphone. We have uh, special guest Sean Leopardi. Um, I guess you could say he's he is related to uh, Todd Leopardi, Leo Lures, but he's on for different reasons. And uh, let's hit up these plugs. Fatty Z Muskie products, fattyzmuskie.com, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Twitter. I am getting more Twitter followers. Really? I do nothing on that. <laughs> I think I'm up to like, I don't know, 12 or 15. I don't even know. Robots. The, I don't even have to check. Yeah. Do you have Twitter? Yeah, I think I'm on Twitter. Okay. Your confidence is boosting because they're all pictures of women in bikinis. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> they want to go fish. They want to do a fishing trip with Muddy Creek fishing guys. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they, <laughs> robots. I, I love like on Instagram and stuff when I'm like, oh, who's this following us now? Because Vance runs it most of the time. And I just like to look at it and I'm like, oh, someone commented with a big thumbs up. Yeah, I don't think in uh, L.A. they're fishing for muskies too much. When yeah. you start snooping. <laughs> yeah. And they're like a nine. We'll put up a picture of a bait or something like that that's just been painted and we'll get somebody to be like, whoa, that's an insane thing. Like just that with ex- exclamation marks. And you'll click on yeah. it, and it'll clearly be a robot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, <laughs> Fatty Z. We have uh, rod holders, track. We have jerk baits, which now I, I have like. Finally. Finally, yeah. Baits are getting assembled. Todd has about half of them assembled. And uh, we're getting ready for the Musky Max, which is going to be a big topic on this podcast. And. So with all that, we got the jerk baits, glide baits, soft plastic. I'm pouring them as fast as I can. Paddle tails. Paddle tails. That's right. They're hot now. They are. Yeah, they're huge in the industry. So, uh, but yeah, uh, the big thing is, is you know, we got a bunch of tracks. So if anyone out there is looking for track, hit us up. And uh, we got rod holders. We got everything from the S10 tippable mounts, the slanteds, the straights that fit into track. We have Project X. We have all of that. Uh, at least if you have questions, please get in touch with us, Instagram or Facebook. That is the best. Or you could hop on the website, hit the uh, contact us, email me direct, and then I'll get back to you as promptly as I can. Um, we have Foshad. He is our, we have, you know, he's been our big sponsor here recently, and he is going to be at the Muskie Max. I've been seeing on Instagram, he's been posting up some really cool photos. And, uh, you know, he's, he's not bringing any standard colors, what he's saying. So if you're looking for a special color boss shad, try to make it to the Muskie Max. If you can't make it, do what several people have done with me, but do it with Vance. Ask them to go and pick up baits for, at the show. That happened to me recently. It, it, it does. And, I, you know, there's a part of me that it feels dishonest about going. And it, there was even a thread, on I think, on Facebook or something like that, of people going in vendors just buying the baits from other vendors before the show even opens. Mm-hmm. And I guess the, the follow-up to this was they would then turn around and sell them for extreme profits, which I don't know how much that's happening. I know it's not happening with us, so I can't comment on the how frequent it does. But That's cheating, too. Whatever happened to, you know, like in the PlayStation and the Xbox and the GameCube get days when people would line up 24 hours you know, in front of Walmart, tent overnight, and and try and get into uh, yeah. the store to try and get into. It. Now everybody's just texting like, "Hey, hold." Yeah, go go, go over to this go booth and get these for me. Yeah, I'll be in on Sunday or ship them to me. 
and See, ship them to me. Yeah. Yeah, I have I have no problem, you know, helping someone out on unreasonable requests. But if someone's <laughs> like, I got a cool grand to spend on this bait maker, can you go buy it? And like, I don't have a cool grand on me. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. But uh back to boss sheds. He's gonna be carrying what he calls the CEO at um at this show. And what from what I understand and what I've seen pictures of is uh, they look like the standard boss shed that four and a half, but it's jointed. Okay. I hope I didn't butcher that, Paul. Sorry if I did, but I think I, I always that that's... thought the, the CEO, I guess I, I'm not, and I've told Paul this, so I, I'm going to be honest about this one. I don't completely understand his line of baits, mainly because when I think of boss shed, I just think of the, the boss shed. Yeah. And I don't know if the CEO is the crime boss. No, I don't no. think it's the crime boss. I, okay. I think it's a jointed bait. Okay. Which is which is neat. Well, I mean, I'm gonna tell you this. already are crazy in the water, but I like being surprised. So yeah. and you know, it's I'm new. gonna get there early and you're definitely I'm gonna be definitely cruising oh, yeah. and checking out and doing all that stuff and getting familiar with his line <laughs> a little bit better. So um after that Oh, that's right. You didn't have to Turn away from the mic. I really to say didn't that. have to say that. <laughs> you probably could hear it. These anyway. mics pick up everything. <laughs> yes, you can also find Boss Shad's the standard colors, all shapes and sizes, at Mark's Bait Tackle and Ammo in Ravenna, Ohio, world's universe's largest Boss Shad dealer ever, mm-hmm. uh, besides Paul himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also find him at bossshad.net. And Mark's Bait Tackle and Ammo has a Facebook page. They have a website. The website does have the store up and running, so you can buy Bosch ads directly from Mark's Bait Tackle and Ammo, Ravenna, Ohio. Check them out. And, Todd, you want to hit up your plugs and then hit Dale? Yeah, we'll go real quick here. Todd Young, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com. Look us up. Still still got the problems with the email, but I sort through them. Uh, if you're really looking to book a trip, give me a call. Send me a text. Time to do it now, especially that early season. We're getting calls every day and uh, and booking up. Vance and I will be ready to go starting Memorial Day weekend, running through November at Lake Chautauqua. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of stuff. I will be doing a little bit of stuff. Late April, early May, Pennsylvania. Got a few days booked there. You know, we got some interesting stuff we can do around home here first. And, uh, you know, give us a call. After this show, there's, it's going to get pretty tight there in the month of June. So uh, check it out. Nice Web, website, nice new website. Facebook. I don't. I haven't. I don't look at Facebook too much. But yeah, I'll, I'll try to keep involved with that. So, and then we're going to have Wiley Lures. What Dale Wiley's going to be at the Muskie Max also. Can't wait to get to talking to Sean about the Muskie Max. Uh, but. Uh, Wiley Lures are going to be there. He takes a bunch of stuff. There's only a couple times a year you can get this stuff. So, uh, you know, if you're looking for some Wileys, uh, swing by the Muskie Max, pick him up. He's going to have some crazy colors. He's going to have some great colors. They're all great. Everybody makes great colors. So uh, that's the time to get a hold of uh, some Wileys. Down at the Muskie Max, March 4th and 5th. Vance and I are going to be headed next uh, February 24th, next Friday, just a local show. I don't know how many people are listening. It would be, at, but I know there's probably some, uh, local Laurel high school. Uh, the conservation club puts on a thing. There's usually a couple thousand people go through it. It's, it's 
not exaggerating. It's an, it's crazy, uh, crazy busy little show. A lot of outdoor stuff. A lot of turkey hunting. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff to do with deer hunting. I don't know who the speaker is this year, but yes, and I'll be there. We'll have a little booth down there and uh, talking to the guys about fishing. And you can find Wiley's at jacksonlure.com and O'Donnell's and O'Donnell's Bait and Tackle. That's right. Portersville, Pennsylvania. Muskythrills.com if the site is open. Uh, St. Croix Rods, best on earth. If you're looking for a fishing rod, please check out St. Croix. Give them a fair shake. Mostly made in America. Great sticks. You'll love them as we love ours. And Sean Leoparty, it's only been eight and a half minutes that we've been babbling on. <laughs> Are you hey, still there? I, I love I love listening to you guys. Todd, I'm glad you brought up that um that Laurel Outdoor show. I mean, they've been doing that a long time, but it's a great cause. And you're right they they bring a lot of people through that house. So, it is a crazy yeah. amount of people. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's fun. Like I said, it's a great cause too. So yeah, um, but yeah, you know, one of the things, um, you know, in producing these podcasts, you know, one of the tools that I use personally in business all the time is um, these, these headphones I have on right now. They're produced by Direct Sound, directsound.com. They're extreme isolation headphones, so they really block out. They're built to block out all the background noise, and I can really hear everything going on crystal clear on the other end. So there's really no interference. So it's, it's a neat product if, if people aren't aware of this. So it's a little bit different outside of the, the tackle lane. Hey, cool. That's uh, yeah. We may need them occasionally. You might hear a dog bark or a cat meow. No, not occasionally. At my house, often, all the time. <laughs> well, the other day, I when I checked in, I was I heard a um somebody's dryer buzzer beeping. A couple yeah, of that times. was mine. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> mine. mine. <laughs> and I made light of it immediately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. all I the listeners were were wondering if I there was trouble in paradise. They were wondering if Todd was sure. kicked outside with all the uh, all the animals and whatnot until they mm-hmm. heard the. The dryer go up. <laughs> okay, Sean, I'm sorry for, for keep interrupting. You have any other nah, plugs no you want to do? Listen, I, you know, I, my business is Core3Group, um, Core3Group.com, if you want to check it out. Um, it's a marketing branding business, and really it's a big um, advantage when you start to put together an event like Muskie Max or, or business events, things like that, um, when you start to promote and uh and and how you reach people and how you target people and that's one of the things that we've done i think pretty effectively in pulling musky max together i mean just one example um from a marketing branding standpoint and it, it's not unlike your podcast i mean you guys have been really solid in you know uh bringing your clients or the uh the products that you use and, and pushing that out there and that's what it's all about just creating awareness for people Nice. And so, like, I guess I don't know the first thing about what you do. I mean, like, you wake up and you, and you go in to work. What do you suit and tie? Do you, uh, I guess. What... No, you know what? I, I, I serve so many different types of clients. I mean, from um, bars and restaurants to, you know, cement and building suppliers to um, people that own historic properties. It just depends, but I'll get a phone call and somebody will say, hey, uh, we need a brochure, we need a logo, and I say, yeah, no problem. And then I ask a whole bunch of questions. I put in that consulting hat and um, start to really determine what it is that that they need as a client 
and sometimes it's websites, sometimes it's, it's social media, sometimes it is uh, a little rouge and lipstick on their logo and, and to help them with their business. But that's that's what I do on a daily basis. Is it's marketing, branding solutions um, for small to medium sized businesses, and it's great because I can stay in front of people all the time. I'm not sort of tucked into one lane. And again, it, it the venue planning. Uh, you know, event planning, like Musky Max, it ties into everything else that I do. So, you know, my day is it's a, it's a lot of strategic planning. It's a lot of creative work, um, a lot of meetings, a lot of phone calls. But it, there's a lot of belly-to-belly interaction with clients, and that's what it's all about. you got to be in front of people. Just like with these expos, you know, it gives exhibitors a great opportunity to be in front of a lot of people who are, um, who are there to check out what they have. So yeah, my day is, um, it's different every day, but I really love what I do. I've done marketing and branding. I've been involved with this for 20 plus years and, uh, it's just great, man. And I'm glad to be able to, um, start to tie this into, you know, the, the fishing industry. It's a lot of fun. Good deal. That's, uh, so if anyone out there needs a little bit of help, their small, medium sized business. Look up Core 3 and tell them you heard it on the Fatty Z Muskie podcast. There you go. And uh, Okay, so, so Sean, what... Uh, power rankings. Yeah. Yep. Let's yeah, hit, that's right. Let's hit them up. Power rankings first. Power rankings, of course. Uh, we're going to have four submissions this week from us four on this, on this podcast. If you want to get involved, uh, send us a message with your power ranking. Uh, you guys should... Um, get the gist of what we're doing now if you're listening actively but we are ranking uh from one from four down to one uh this week excellent things in life uh so if you want to get involved send in your submissions we'll start this power ranking off with uh todd take it away coming in at four coming in at four a double header not something we get to See all that often in musky fishing. I'm talking to musky fishing, not doubleheader, not a crappier trout. Uh, perch, but uh, perch, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that doubleheader. Every once in a while it happens. I've had it happen casting, happen trolling every once in a while. Doesn't happen all that often, but uh, you know to be able to land a doubleheader. Now, if you're fishing at Lake Saint Clair, you're going to have that happen a lot more often in most places. But uh, yeah. It's always an interesting, it's always a fire drill. It's a fire drill when you get a fish. It's really a fire drill when you get two guys and they're both fighting fish. So, Or one that person. Was, that was my power ranking. Yeah. My, well, I, I'm going to add to that. Let's take it one step up. Let's see who can get the first triple header casting on one bait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Three fish on one bait. Three fish on one bait. Better have big yeah. treble hooks. But yeah, that, uh, that double... Double header. The the one that I had last year, we didn't even know that <laughs> that we had a double header until I released the fish and then I put the the boat in gear. Uh, we were trolling along. Uh, I think the down rod went off, fat body, um, and you know cleared a rod. Client picked up the rod, reeled it in the fish. We netted the fish. We released the fish, and I put the boat back in gear just to uh, line up my planer boards, you know, just to get those things going again. And as soon as I put that thing in gear, that, that planer board was just going, eh, 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 eh. I was like, oh, my God, there's a fish on that planer board. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know the entire time. He was hooked up. 
That's and he was still hooked up. It's the important part of paying attention, Vance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they both, it, and it, it goes back to Todd saying it's a fire drill, you know. You just, yeah. I've had, some, I've had some crazy ones. I had a husband and wife uh, maybe two seasons ago. We had fished almost all day. We had a couple hookups, and we, they did not catch a fish. We were trolling at the time that this happened. And uh, finally, we get hooked up. The lady is reeling the fish in, and I'm cl- I cleared the other down rod. She got on a down rod, and uh, I look out to the side. I'm at my inline player board, and I'm I'm just in in coast gear because we're trying to land a fish, and I I just happen to catch it out of the corner of my eye, and the inline planer board is all the way up past the bow of my boat, and it's just going along. Well, this is impossible. That can't. That can't happen unless there's something on there. So I look at the guy and I said, "There's grab that rod. There's there's got a there's a fish on that pole." And uh, you know he grabbed it and it was husband and wife. Both we got them both in the net at the same time. They both landed their first muskie. Uh, and like I said, that the the one hit when I took it out of gear, or whatever. But you know, your planter board can't pass your boat up. It's <laughs> not. Well, it's it did, possible. so it is possible, but it needs to have a. It's possible if you energy spin source. around. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Number three. All right. Coming in four. Four was the doubleheader. Coming in at three, I'm going to go with uh, your first 50 inch fish, which is the magic number in this sport. I wonder if that will ever disappear. Yes, it has. People have debated it for years. 50, the, the 50, 50 inch mark is. Yeah. You know, my understanding is I don't have as many years in this as some people on this podcast, but I always thought 48 was the number. Then it creeped up to 50, and now it's like 55 or something like that. You Mm -hmm. know, it it, unofficially, I guess it's going to really depend on demographics. But 50, I guess, is universal for big fish. 50, uh, yeah. How about the young kids that are, you know, in that 10, 12-year-old range and even younger that are that are boating 50-inch fish, which was unheard of when I was that age? Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. It goes back it to so rare. how much the industry has grown. And, and when, when you have like a 70-pound kid holding a 50. Yeah, which is half, half of its weight. And it's like... Some of those boats, the tail is touching the gunnel, the nose is touching the gunnel, and they're just sitting there smiling. Yeah. And that fish is just like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll chill. You're a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I'll bite for you. But, yeah, that, <laughs> that first, first 50, you know, and I know a lot of musky fishermen that have not had that luck, have got that 50 or encountered many of them. Um, and when you first, when, when, when you get into it, of course, that's, you, you know, you want to catch one then you want to catch a pile of them and you want to always catch a giant, you know, and that 50 inch mark is, is what you're after. Uh, I know that I want to catch a 50 every day that I go out fishing. It doesn't happen all the time, but when it does, it's very special. Uh, and you know, you've, you've heard the story you heard about the Canada trip, uh, six, seven months ago. I mean, my lady went up to Canada and, uh, she caught her first, and we just got that mount back. Um, and it was a gift to her, and she was, she's just excited, proud as he- heck of it. So you got another replica in the house? Yeah, more wall space. Wow. I'll need. The um, the the other thing is with, with that fifty, that there's a lot of, as as we like to call them, small fifties, floating around. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And, and, and there are some people, and I, I'm not going to dig to any further than that, that will say, yep, that's a 50, and it's clearly not a 50. Yeah. And you might fool some people, you know, whatever. There's, I give benefit of the doubt. You know if it is or isn't. Yeah. And when you finally do get one, it's just like that burden is lifted, and you're like, okay, I don't have to fool myself anymore. Yeah. It's like this is the true, like, you, you hit the notch, mm-hmm. you clicked in, and, you know, it, I guess it really depends on when you catch one in your muskie fishing career. Does it really change you to target more of the bigger fish? I mean, like Vance and I, we, you know, we, we hit pretty early. Todd yeah. took a little bit longer. Seven hundred and some odd, seven hundred, seven hundred thirty some odd fish. Yeah, I think mine was like three or four. Yeah, you suck. <laughs> mine was one. How about how about all the fifties that? How about all the fifties that are never boated? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Those are the ones that sting. Those are a lot of. <laughs> there are a yeah. lot of those fifty inches that never get voted. They make for great stories, though. Huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. dude. Nothing makes those a are, fish. Those are sixty-inch fish. Yeah, nothing makes a fish bigger than exactly. almost being caught. <laughs> yeah, those those ones hurt, hurt the most because that was your chance. That was your opportunity. Because you know, when you boat one, mm-hmm. it's extra special. That's right. And when you boat it, and you actually measure it, and it's forty-four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How how big yeah. is it in the net? Oh. It's it, it's uh-huh. a it's a fifty, and then you put it on the bump. It's a it's a forty five with a big fat belly. Yeah, I'm very reluctant to even call out how big a fish is until there's a tape measure on it because it's so easy to get it wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, those big ones are tough to guess. Um, yeah, so coming in three is your first fifty. Uh, coming in at two, Andy, take it away. Okay, so. It's hard to describe in like one or two words, but say you got a trip planned or a day to go fishing and you're sitting there looking at the long range extended forecast and you always watch it, at least, you know, if you have something planned in the future. And when it finally settles in a couple days before and you look and it's the absolute perfect weather that you'd been hoping for. And it's just that feeling of like, ah, this is going to at least help out a little bit because at least I'll be in the weather that I find would be favorable mm-hmm. for that trip. So having good weather, yeah. good, That's good weather. One. Yeah. Good weather on, on a, on a trip coming up. I mean, you look at that forecast and you see, you know, maybe some sun on your app or if you're searching the web or, if or clouds or a wind that you want. And I, I am <laughs> going to go out on a limb. If anyone's out there screaming at their radio or phone or whatever. Yes. I know I don't go on long fishing trips, <laughs> but it can still, it can go on any other thing that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to, like you got to mow the grass this weekend. You're like, not with these nasty mean clouds and the yeah. thunderbolt yeah. coming out of it. Even if it's a data fish, you know, mm-hmm. Wednesday's my data fish next week. Oh, it's going to be, 60 degrees, little blow, and some cloud cover, something like that. And it just makes you feel good. Yeah. I love that one. Perfect weather. Coming in at two. Coming in at one, and I I think this is a very, very good one. Uh, Sean, take it away. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's it's just, um, I guess it's an observation over that I've made over the years. And, you know, you you always fish with a with a great group of people, and it's funny though, in the when you're in the boat, you've got maybe three people in a boat, and you watch how people start to jockey for position, and a, 
person may perch themselves right up in the front of the boat, you know, right off the bat. And me, I just, I just laugh at the whole thing because I feel like I can, I can catch a fish in any direction. I'm, you know, particularly casting. I, I cast, I throw a lot of jerk baits and crank baits, but it's funny to watch other guys in the boat and some of the things that they do to kind of maneuver themselves, jockeying for position. It's funny. Yeah, it's like the uh, the old shotgun rule almost when you're going to, uh, you know, on a trip with your buddies and you say you got three or something, somebody's always like, shotgun, you know. Fishing out of the front of the boat is kind of like that. I, I personally don't care because I'm captaining the boat usually and I can always turn the boat in some situations. If I'm, if I'm fishing with somebody, I feel like doing that, but I, I don't, of course I don't do that much. I'm usually in the position where I want to put people on fish, but there's something comfortable about fishing out of the front casting deck of the boat. I mean, it, it bar none, it is it's the, the most, it's, it's, it's a place to be when you're fishing. It, it is, but isn't it more gratifying when you, when you land a nice fish from from the complete opposite end from the back of the boat yeah so like if i'm positioning exactly yeah if i'm positioning somebody up on the weed edge and you know i say like cast out that that way and if you know if we're having like a you know a slow day or something like that and you catch one out of the back of the boat you know and they're giving you they're giving you hell for it you know you're 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 putting me in the in the wrong position or they're saying you know that uh you know you're in the correct spot if you catch it on on the the back side of the weed edge or the point that you're fishing or anything like that it's a very very gratifying scene like see yeah yeah you know bat you know i it, it normally when i go fishing when i go fishing and it's in my boat there's no question i that one time i had like i was fishing with nitro and we we come off plane whatever i shut the motor off he runs up front and stands there and i just like how long is it going to take for him to realize this so i i just sat there and watched him and he looks <laughs> around and he's like i don't even know how to deploy your trolling motor and he got back into the back and then i went up and dropped it he, because you know but i remember when there was a time i didn't have a bow mount and i had to run the little endura 30 off the back and it mm-hmm. was like yeah this is my position in the back and it was just mm-hmm. constantly fighting and i felt at a disadvantage but I still had fun, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's people crawling for the for the number one spot. But how about when sure. you're, you're fishing with a couple people? Uh, and I've I've been in this position before when you know if you're up front, sometimes that person that's in the middle of the boat take a little closer step to you, <laughs> and another closer one. <laughs> And another closer one, and then all of a sudden you've switched positions and you don't even know what the hell just happened. Yes. Like, how did you end up up there and I'm back, you know, I'm in the middle all of a sudden now. The old switcheroo. Jockeying for position, just like Sean said. I think that's strategy, man. That is strategy. (laughs) (laughs) It is very gratifying when you you catch one on, uh, (laughs) when, you know, when, when it's not the front of the boat, when people are, you know. Yeah, it's 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 like an unwritten rule that that is the best, the the most spacious area to fish in, you know, ha- hands down. Now that wraps up the power rankings for this week. Uh, coming into four, um, the double header, three, your first fifty, two, perfect weather, and one. At front casting platform, jockeying for position for that. If you want to get involved, 
send in your submissions. Uh, we'll include you on this list, uh, and we'll keep it going. Okay. So now, since we've talked predominantly most of the time for this first half hour, let's uh, let's kind of hand this over to Sean. Sean, give us a, a you know just any relevant information about you. I know very little about you actually, and uh, so what, what what's your involvement with the Muskie Max? Yeah, well, the the Muskie Max is that's actually something that my brother Todd and I came up with maybe about six six years ago. We're we're into year number four, and um, actually, you know, in a, in a couple of weeks, year number four happens. So this is good. the The other thing is, it's, it's kind of crazy when you put together an event like this. We're already planning for 2018. You start the planning a year in advance, but. Um, you know the, the whole concept for this thing. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna back way up, and I'm gonna I'm gonna back way up to like 1972. You know, I was really fortunate, and um, my story is probably not unlike yours or you know many of the the people in your audience. You know, that check in on this podcast, but I had grandparents who were into fishing and hunting and and taking trips to Canada, and in 1972. Um, my dad and my, my grandparents took me on the first, um, my first guy fishing trip. Okay. It was actually a musky fishing trip. And, um, I give my dad a lot of credit because he could have said, you know, when you're 16, you can come. But I was, I was, uh, seven years old in 1972. So I actually was on my first musky trip and we did it so much differently back then. We had flat-bottom flat aluminum boats that we'd portage into a couple small rivers. Um, this way we could slide the boats in and around log jams and beaver dams and things like that. And uh, we, we fished in an area. It's Seabright, Ontario. It's near Aurelia. Um, we stayed on a lake called Young's Lake, and we fished primarily two, two small rivers, smaller than, I would say, the size of the Slipper Rock Creek or less. Uh, one was called the Black River, and the other was the Head River. Um, but we just had a blast. It was uh, we we pursued muskie, pike, walleye. Um, you know, and back in the day, back in that time period, there was a minimal amount of catch and release going on. I mean, yeah. if it was if it was legal and the limit was still open, that fish either became dinner or packed in the freezer eventually. You know. That's just how it was, and and I'm glad to see how things have changed over the years. And that's why, you know, earlier when I mentioned about it's cool seeing these kids, 10, 12 years old, some younger, boating 50-inch-plus fish, that just wasn't so common back then. And I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, these these uh, these measures that have been taken as far as catch and release goes. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it has to. It has to attribute to that. Yeah, and right. you, you said you were fishing those rivers and up in Ontario, and I guess I never really picked up on that when, uh, you know, Todd would always talk about Canada way back in the day and stuff, which really isn't way back in the day. It's not like Todd's an elder, but yeah. um, they they seem to protect the fish the most out of everybody right now like their 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 size limits and stuff uh, you know 54 inches uh i wouldn't know it, anything so, about that 
back in the day, it, even for muskies, back in the seventies, was fair game. You clubbed them. Was there? Do you guys remember going up there and saying, you know, what was it, three over thirty? You could have a day, or you know, I, I don't remember the I don't remember the numbers, you know, exactly. But I know when it was legal, I would see my granddad reach over the side of the boat. As soon as he reached over the side of the boat, I know that fish was coming in the boat. And then, like you said. <laughs> There was a there was a musky club. There was a stick in the boat, and yeah. my how times have changed, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was two twenty eight inches when two, I, you know, for a long time. Two twenty eight in, inch muskies you could keep. Yeah, per day. It's kind of funny because many of the baits <laughs> that are available now yeah. are yeah. bigger than bigger than a legal musky bat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they're yeah. getting there. Yeah. You know, what? What I did, I mean, primarily cast it. I would, I would target a log jams and, and structure rocks, things like that. My dad started to teach me what to look for, and I would throw these little, little rebels. They were probably five, six-inch rebels and rapalos, and and uh, that's how we made it work, man. I mean, yeah. it was uh, the Zebco, or I'm sorry, the uh, Mitchell. What was it? Mitchell 300 reels and, and that kind of stuff. It's just that's just how it was. But um, you know. Think of this, guys, too, and I think you, you probably can relate to some of this, but those, those handmade calendars that were on the table that, that kind of designated the week while you were there, that became the, the sort of source of the pride and, and bragging rights. You know, you'd come back and, and log your, your catch for that day. It was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that's cool. Now, when you went up there, and I never really heard about a – river fishing up on in ontario like that uh outside of what the st lawrence river of course that and uh what is it the french river the french river yeah I, but I, that yeah, these that 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 body of water uh i've never never ever heard of before um these were these were little creeks i'd say the biggest lake near aurelia is lake simcoe and that's i mean that's a fairly that's a large lake. lake yeah but there were these little tributaries. Young's Lake, I think, was like a mile by a mile and a half wide, so it was, it was small. And um, my grandparents were friends with a Canadian family that they they rented those cottages for I mean for years and years and years. It was just it was just great memories. I mean, at night in the cabin, playing cards because there wasn't a lot of other things to do. That's what you did. But these traditions and great memories, those that sort of that's part of the fabric that helped us create Musky Max. We wanted to recreate those memories and traditions and, and create a platform for people to get together and, and get into fishing and, and start some of these things. But you mean my, you weren't you weren't my, trolling on I'm Twitter? Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, you you weren't on Twitter trolling those nights in the cabins? <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't. And, and, I, I rarely hit Instagram back then, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. But, you know, the, the late 80s, things started to change. Um, you know, my brother bought our first bigger boat. And what was it? Like, uh, it was, it was, whose boat was it? Todd, you probably remember. It was um, either Dale's boat or uh, Dave Biddle. Dave Biddle's boat, yes, yes. We bought he bought a silver eliminator, and I don't even remember, maybe eighteen foot, something like that. But yeah, that was that was the first big boat that we ever fished out of. So for me, I mean, this is really foreign territory. I went from these little creeks where you can sort of sight fish and pick out structure to 
this big bowl of open water um, fishing the Kawarthas and Chautauqua and Pomatuming. And I really had to change everything about the way I fished, especially targeting muskie. Um, you know, structure and pools and, and riverbanks became big bodies of open water with varying depths. So locating structure and depths became um, a challenge until, you know, technology got better and better with the marine electronics. Um, I think that was one big change for us in the, in the late 80s. And all of a sudden, the catch and release movement was really taking hold. And then, Todd, you remember, um, particularly up in the Kawarthas, um, tagging. Yeah. Yep. Remember that that big movement, oh, yeah. tagging with those little tags? And, yep. You know, so... Yeah, the, the lures got bigger and the rods got better and, you know, the tackle in general just all started changing. That's that's pretty what pretty much what my late 80s looked like, you know, as far as musky fishing goes. So, so by this time, I mean, you, you've been doing this long enough and, and you've had enough experience that uh, you're actually witnessing it evolve. And, well, you know, to, to me, it almost sounds like when, when you're breaking down in decades – I can look back at the last 10 years and just see, think that it's jumped light years. Yes. And yeah. uh, it, it's, it's just, it's kind of really neat to just to sit back and listen to this stuff because I, I can relate to what you're saying because I prefer to fish the smaller creeks and stuff like that. I get on a bigger body of water and it's like you feel lost. And uh, yeah. Know. Well, they all serve their purposes. I mean, too, it's the same thing with, you know, I prefer casting over trolling any day of the week, but I know there's a time and a place for both, you know, for you to be really effective and cover a, a lot of water. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's about enjoying fishing and being out there with people. And, and it, I think we talked about this earlier, you know, I, I fish for muskie. I also fish for smallmouth and salmon. I've been fortunate. I've been to Alaska four times, just, just kind of figured it out based on a business trip. Um, and, and, and the rest is sort of history, you know, but, in like 2012, we began thinking about pulling together a muskie expo, um, you know, with my brother Todd, Todd Leoparty. Um, and I mentioned earlier, I own the marketing and branding company, you know, Core 3 Group. And Todd, uh, he's been making fishing lures since about 1989. So we both participated in shows. Like I would help him at the, you know, Milwaukee, Chicago, Columbus, other local events. Um, and then Andy Lukovic back in the day started doing some things um, in the Pittsburgh area, like at Robert Morris. He was hosting a couple events there. Um, that's what got us to thinking about putting together a, a quality event. Um, so Muskie Max, that's how it sort of came together. You know, I wanted quality exhibitors I wanted a great venue. I wanted to create a memorable experiences for people. I wanted easy access for um, attendees, for exhibitors to be able to get in and out. Um, so really the goal was to create an opportunity for families to start traditions, create some amazing memories on the water. And, and uh, people say to me, you know, you promote these events, you pull these shows together. Um, you know, a lot of times the promoters are all about the money. And, and believe me, um, the Muskie Max Expo, it, it's not a deep pocket sort of resourceful event. We make it a fun, well, we make it a fun environment for people. And we try to attract a lot of different people 
through the doors, including people who who had never fished for muskie before. We welcome, you know, multi-species anglers. Todd, I don't know if, if, or Andy, I don't know if you remember this from last year, but during the breakout sessions when, I think it was John Anderson from the Ottawa River Muskie Factory, um, had started polling the audience and asking them to raise their hands, like who, who, who has fished for muskie before? And there was about 30, 30 plus percent of the audience that they had never fished for muskie before. Yeah. And that, that kind of blew blew us all away because yeah. in the Midwest, that would never happen. If you went to a muskie mm-hmm. event and you asked, you know, what the percentage was, um, it would be nearly 100%, you know. So for me, that's great opportunity for all the exhibitors, the guide services, lodging, um, you know, the, the lure manufacturers, the people that pr- prepare tackle and, you know, have tackle available. But it's really cool, you know, what's going on in western Pennsylvania right now. Yeah, I would have Yeah, never... you guys have done a great job promoting that, that event. Because, and I'll tell you what, the booking show it because uh, it's always a great show for me to book trips because you have these people that are just maybe overwhelmed with the thought of catching a muskie. And they come and they want to talk about doing a guide trip. And, you know, we can, we can talk our numbers and we can show them the pictures. And uh, I've, you know get them hooked up on a guide trip. And the next thing you know, they're, they're, you know, they're coming on a trip with us and, you know, we get them their first muskie and, uh, you know, that's a neat part of that show is it's not all muskie guys running around picking their particular baits. There's guys that are people there that are, are, are there because they heard about it. They have some interest. They know nothing about what's going on. And, uh, you know, that's a great clientele for these guys at these shows. Well, I think last year we we modified the name slightly to call it Musky Max Plus, and mm-hmm. because we we paired up with um, Field and Stream, obviously their headquarters is you know within what I mean, I'm sorry, not their headquarters. Their um their first big box brick and mortar is what a quarter of a mile away from where Musky Max yep. is hosted right now. So Field and Stream was a great partner um, for a lot of different reasons. I didn't want them to come on board and then try to put every other exhibitor out of business because they could through volume buying. But yeah. man, they've been a great partner to work with in that they asked me, they said, listen, we, that's not our goal. We're not here to put everybody else out. Where are, what are the deficiencies? What do you need? And I said, nets, rain gear, marine electronics, you know, mm-hmm. reels, things mm-hmm. like that. And, and they came through in a big way. And for 2017, they're even coming through in a bigger way. It's, it's a great way um, to sort of co-promote some things. But the cool thing is we were able to put um, some signage, uh, some banner units in a couple of their stores, Erie and Cranberry. And it started to create awareness for uh, people that we would have never otherwise reached. And That's great. When we, when, we, when we changed that name to Muskie Max Plus or modified it, I got a little bit of blowback on Facebook. There were some comments from people that said, oh, don't switch it. it. You know, you're, you're taking it away from being a musky show. And I said, just, just the opposite. What we're doing is we're creating more awareness for people that wouldn't have otherwise even considered coming to a show. We uh-huh. want to create an environment where attendees can come up, go belly to belly with, you know, the guide services, the lore makers, everybody else, and, and feel comfortable asking questions and getting acclimated with this sport. That was the reason behind that. And what it did was it, it drew 
you know, a, a pretty high percentage of people that never fished for muskie before. That's yeah. my goal. I want to continue doing that. Yeah. That's what I feel makes it the best show that we attend. I mean, you know, it just, it, you know, that that's the one that really hits home for us. Uh, and, and a lot of it because of that. Yeah. Talking to these new new guys and getting them out there on a guide trip. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump back a little bit to to kind of just reinforce what what I'm gonna be saying next. When you're talking about John Anderson, and and polling the the, the people attending the the seminar, I would have never thought that, you know, thirty percent would have like, yeah, we we've just never done it. But now looking back, you know, as you're talking, I'm like, yeah, you know, there are so many people that I've talked to. They're like. Yeah, I don't even go fishing. I'm just, I'm just here, and I, and I, I, I just, I'm like, then why? Are, what are you doing here? And, and and now it's starting to make sense just from the, you know, from what you're doing promotion standpoint. They're getting interested. People are getting interested, and they just, they will sit there and they will with a smile and a grin and just nod along, and you're talking and this and that, and they're like, hey, that's really neat. And they're maybe like, they golf, you know? Yeah. Maybe they golf. Maybe they're just looking up at that sign in the big store, and they're just like, hmm, I always wanted to. It's a really big fish. I always wanted to go fishing or something. Yeah, but it just that the, the Muskie Max is a show that I get that more often than any of the other shows that we did. I mean, you know, we, we mm -hmm. did the Chicago show once and there weren't a lot of people. You know, in the there. audience, you know, like, you know, you know, the audience you're getting involved with when you go out there in the Midwest. And Sean touched on that um, about the difference. Uh, just thousands of miles away of, of yeah i i I've, I've seen that in 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 those shows you know yeah. even though even in the way that they they're promoted on the social media and whatnot yeah so i mean it, it's just it's a really neat thing that you're doing and, and that's a subtlety that i saw and i'm like i didn't put much thought into it and and now that you explain it, i'm like oh man that actually makes a lot of sense because mm. we get well, a lot of a lot of kids that come up and and in that show especially the musky max i i feel like a that's the most that I I've ever been nervous at a show is turning around like oh watch that hook yeah don't you know, because there's because it, yeah there's <laughs> because there's families there and whatnot it is there's more families you know. there you're right well we also have band aids we have band aids yeah. <laughs> I, I don't ever want to say every... Sean I need a band aid wait did that happen <laughs> yeah. last year you know what don't don't ask me go ask Todd okay <laughs> I, I think it's something I just got a little little memory of. Of, of uh of maybe something happening at the I, I leo thought, booth yeah i think that you're right <laughs> involving a hook yeah yeah yeah, yeah. sean was well, watching was... the booth at the time yeah <laughs> <laughs> there, there wasn't a lot of blood yeah <laughs> yeah but did, okay i gotta ask this did the guy have to buy that bait then well, he did because we didn't have pliers to, to get rid of the bar. So. Oh, jeez. <laughs> he had to take it with him. Yeah, he, couldn't him he, could, he couldn't reach in his pocket to get his wallet. Yeah, he says, so. hey, can someone reach in my back pocket and get my wallet, please? His hands are stuck together. That $20 cash or that bait was going to be his copay for the ER. Oh, gosh. That's very true. Very true. <laughs> well, I think one of the things that um, I think w one of the goals I had, too, was, um, you know, getting again, I keep focusing on families and kids because we don't want the, the, this musky angler uh, sort of breed to die off. You know, there's a lot of senior people, you know, my grandparents, people like that, 
who are who are gone, and um, I think that we need to keep reintroducing kids into into the sport. It's the lifeblood of of everything. I think Tony Grant, yeah. Greg Thomas, really chimed in on that, and we had a um, hundred plus kids, twelve and under, at the show, and it, and I've been told it was more like two hundred kids, twelve and under, based on the the different um, lures and stuff like that that we had given away the free lure vouchers. So we're even doing something a little bit bigger for kids this year. So we welcome families. And, and I'll tell you what happened last year, too, at the kids spot that we had set up. Moms and kids had time to chill out and relax at the kids spot. We had snacks and candy and Musky Max logo coloring sheets and all kinds of little lures that they could paint with markers, just crafty things, things for them to do. But the, the cool thing was then, then the husbands – could make another pass through and maybe spend a little bit more time uninterrupted talking with um, some of the, the people with rods and, and lures and things like that. So it created a little bit of space, a little bit of distance. It gave moms and kids a reprieve and gave the, it gave the dads time to go check some things out. It worked out really well. And we want to do that again this year. I know my, my, my wife and daughter came two years ago and, they got a room. They played in the pool. You know, it is. It, it can be a really neat thing. Bring bring your family to this one. This is one you can bring your family to. Well, it's, it's the thing is, it's it's more than just an expo at this point. And I don't know if any of you really follow much on our Facebook page, but it I call it a movement. It's a Musky Max movement as much as anything else. We're trying to teach people to do a lot of the right things as far as being a sportsman and and you know getting your families involved in family traditions and things like that. And some of the posts that we're doing and the engagement that we're getting from this audience, that's what it's turning into. We ask them to submit photos. And in like four and a half minutes, I received like 85 photos from people that we're going to have oh. a big screen, a flat <laughs> screen that's going to be displayed this year in a scrolling slideshow, things like that. But it's, it's more than just an expo. It's turning into a, a movement. Um, it's, it's, becoming sort of a way of life for some people. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Man. You're digging deep. Uh, you, you seem to you have guys, like this uh, strategy, and you're just going for it. How about uh, anything, uh, some new guys this year? Do you, you Maybe off the top of your head you can remember some, some yeah. new people well, that are going to be there? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it's funny because every time a show ends somewhere else, there are a handful of phone calls right off the bat. They want to get into Musky Max. So mm-hmm. um, Musky Bumper is going to be there this year, um, mm-hmm. which is his first time. I'm, I'm glad to see Jeremy come along. Um, uh, Paul, you know, from Boss Shad, he's going to be back yep. this year. He, he, you know, he was doing a lot of things in a lot of different directions and wasn't able to join us the last couple of years, but he's back. Um, there's another one called BNS, BNN, BNN. Custom Rods and Tackle out of Waynesfield, Ohio. That's a good one. Um, One interesting one, too, and I'm looking down through my list. uh, Hatch Matchers Custom Flies. Hatch Matchers. That's kind of like a tongue twister. Hatch Matchers Custom Flies. Bob Blystone, he's in the Slippery Rock area. He found out about Musky Max, and uh, he gave me a call maybe a month and a half, two months ago, and he said, listen, he goes, I tie flies for predator fish, um, monkey, yeah. pike, you know, stripers, things like that. He goes, is there any room for me? And 
and something like this. And I said, Bob, you know, I've been I've been really waiting and, and wanting to talk to a fly guy. I mean, it's it's a niche angle to this sport. Oh yeah, for sure. It's getting but very popular. Absolutely, man. So I'm excited yeah. to have have him on board. I think it's, he's going to bring something new to the show. Yeah, cool. we, we we had Jarek for the last couple of years, and he always had a couple flies. You know what? What, yeah. did, what would he bring, Todd? Ten? Yeah, yeah, a dozen or so. He he'd come nice. and uh, you know there was guys that yeah he he's uh you know that fly fishing for muskies and pike it's getting uh more and more popular. Yeah, and that's Vance has taken guys already on his first year muskie guiding. <laughs> hey, we have already taken fly guys. I have too. You know, I have guys call and say, you know, I don't fly fish. I've caught them on a fly, but I can take and put you in the area. I got the boat. We got the knowledge. We'll take you out there and put you in the spot. As long as it's not too windy, you know, we can get this done. And, uh, you know, that was it, it's one of my most memorable experiences. That's all they want to do. <laughs> I'll never forget that fly trip. Yeah. And you're going to get more. We're going to get more because it's Because I lost popular. my net. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you lost your net. <laughs> it's in Chautauqua. Anybody out there, walleye guys, with the nice down imaging and side imaging, you see a nice big net. No, what's going to happen is you're going to create a story for someone. <laughs> They're like, I thought I had that 14-pound walleye on. Until yeah. this net surface, <laughs> <laughs> I just felt weight. Yeah, know. and it was pulling drag. Yeah, yeah. The the fly the the fly. Uh, you 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 start. Yeah, it just goes back to the growth of this uh, what you called a musky movement. Uh, fly guys are getting involved. They're coming out. They're checking out these shows. And now you have an exhibitor there. Um, strictly for fly fishing for predator fish yeah and, and people are, are talking like it's oh it's the hardest way to catch muskies i might have said this before but i'm i'm it's not because i started doing the next harder i noodle for muskies now oh you do i just started this like yesterday <laughs> i haven't even gone out yet any success no no because i just said i'm gonna start this yesterday on valentine's day i'm like i told my wife i said i'm gonna start noodling for muskies and she's like what's noodling and i'm like I'll just talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I need what's our health care? What's our health care plan? Yeah. I want to start. Health care. When will you be releasing that uh, video with your Aquaview? <laughs> I'm actually, you know, it's looking like a warm weekend. I might go and try that in the lakes if the ice comes off. Nice. Hold done. my breath and just start reaching around in a lake. I haven't thought this through all the way, but I, I'm going to start it. Sean, <laughs> t- tell me. Uh, Changing subjects, but kind of... I'm, I'm glad you are. Touching uh, back on what, what you were originally talking about, when you went on that fishing trip when you were seven years old uh, up to Canada, what was your guys' success like back then for muskies? Well, was, just in, in it, general. It was funny because if, if we boated, if you looked at that calendar, you know, that week-long, you know, that bragging sheet, if you looked on there and you had maybe 14... 14 fish maybe you had six musky and maybe seven pike and three walleye or something like that off these little rivers that was that was a good week you know for somebody and yeah. i think now you know some of the numbers that come off of some of those lakes i mean it's it, it, they're incredible you know compared to what it was but 
it, it was a different type of fishing. It was a different type of water, but um, no, nonetheless, I mean, that's that's kind of where I cut my teeth and really had a lot of fun in the process. But we didn't catch, you know, big numbers in the fish. They weren't huge. I mean, a 40-inch or 44-inch fish, that was a big fish off of these little rivers. That's a very nice fish, still. It, it, it still is for little rivers that I fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, was there, you know, th- there was another show in, in the local area, the Butler Fishing Show. What, was, yes. was there any, was that like, a stepping stone that you said, I, I think we can do this better? Or was that, was there something like, I don't want to step on some people's feet? I mean, did that have any sway on starting up the Muskie Max? Yeah, I mean, it's yes and no. I mean, number one, I thought that, you know, when that, when that event, that was the one that picked up after, um, after Andy's stuff, that, yeah. that whole that whole tragic yep. deal with Andy Lukovic, you know, he was he was running a good show. He had something established, and they were running one at the Chadwick, and then I think it moved to Robert Morris or vice versa. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was a, it was a great start, and it was it was a lot of fun, and you could see a lot of excitement um, for the attendees. They were really into this, and then um, then it moved to the to Butler High School in the cafeteria, and I think you know the first couple of years it it was. It was really good, and I think a lot of local exhibitors had always done really well. But the, the show started changing the last couple years that had that had been in existence, and I just think from I got to look at things from the perspective of if I was going to pay money to go to an event, what would I like to see? And then that's when we sort of made a decision: I want to put together quality first. I want to sort of handpick a lot of the exhibitors. I don't want to just fill slots, just to fill slots. Yep. They've got to be relevant, relevant, quality exhibitors that make sense. And, and again, it, the, the sort of the benchmark is um, it's got to be something that I would want to pay to see. I wouldn't be disappointed if I went in there. And I, I, we hear that like with the Monroeville um, Outdoor Show you know, how things, how it was at one time and how it's yep. starting to change. And I don't want to, I don't want to get to that point. The other thing with Muskie Max, you know, we have, I don't know, 40 to 50 quality exhibitors somewhere around there. And um, the interesting thing is people say, wouldn't you want to expand it? Don't you want to make it bigger? And I say, yes and no. I would like to, but I want to be real sensitive to the fact that if headcount doesn't increase, it doesn't help any of the other participating exhibitors. If we just add more exhibitors and we don't increase headcount, then I'm doing a disservice and I'm not making a quality event for everybody. So that's, you know, that's really what the goals are. To go, to go back and answer your question about, you know, worrying about what other people think and, and may think about us starting a show. Obviously, you, you think about that out of the starting block, but then it becomes business as usual to me. And, and I start to strategize and, and that's how we came up with the name and started to build a brand and established a whole marketing strategy, a whole marketing campaign to do this. And it continues to evolve. Like two years ago, the 2015 show, we surveyed over 600 people at the show and asked them, 
what they liked about the show, why they came, what they'd like to see in the future, um, how they heard about it. There were maybe five or six questions, but a polling of maybe 600 people, that's, that's, a, that's a fair number of people to reach. Um, oh, yeah. They gave, us, they gave us great ideas. They gave us great feedback. In 2016, I had people coming up to me personally. Since I emceed the event, they would intercept me. and They said, man, we really appreciate the fact that you listened to us. You took what we told you to heart, and you've put it into the show. Thank you. And I thought, man, that made me feel really good because they noticed. Mm-hmm. And they took the time to pin me down to, to um, give me a little bit of feedback. Those are the kind of things where we want to keep, you know, we want to keep doing this every year. Want to make it a quality event. Got to make it doable for the exhibitors. Got to make it um, great for the attendees. And it's an engagement with them. It's capturing what they want to see. We want to be able to deliver. Yeah, so, something that you know I, I've noticed, and, and I've I've theorized on, on on different things, but like the, the the one show that comes to mind. And it's not a musky show. It's uh, it's like the eerie outdoors show. I remember when I was a little kid, and me and my dad would go up to it, and it'd be in the Erie Civic Center. Which, if anyone doesn't, most people listening won't know what the Erie Civic Center is. It's like where they have the whatever that is, the small local hockey play there. And yeah. They have concerts and crap. So it's just a small event center. When they had it there, there wasn't that many people there. But I just remember it seemed to. It had this feel of like these are really cool things to look at, and we would spend a couple hours in there. And it was every spring, and it was something I looked forward to. Then it got moved to the Family First Sports Park, which is like indoor soccer arenas and, and stuff like that. And then it, it like doubled in size, and it felt a little cheaper, but you'd still go every year. Now it got moved to the Bayfront Convention Center, which is this enormous building on the bay. And now it's like the admission is not worth what you can see in there. And, uh, it's now it's filled with like, you know, like 18 booths or, or just one vendor of like some off brand of tobacco and, and just, it's like, this really doesn't even hit home anymore. It's just, you're just trying to turn over a dollar here just, just, just to make money. And, and that's, that's something that, you know, it doesn't feel like that's what the Muskie Max is going for. It, it's, it's still, there's still some substance there. And, uh, the, the other thing is, is like what, p- part of those shows, like what I was going, like paralleling with the, the fall of this Erie outdoor show also came with the internet and how the internet has kind of ruined, like when you'd get the big Cabela's book in the mail, I remember getting the big Cabela's book in the mail, I'm like sitting down, I'm like, what's all the new stuff? Mm-hmm. And oh, you, yeah. you could go to the shows and you would see the new stuff. And that was the time to see this thing. And now, mm-hmm. to me, like musky fishing has just been immune to that because people are now seeing this stuff <coughs> on the internet and they're like, I can't wait to see that at the shows. Whereas now it's like, I don't need to go see that. I saw that on the internet, you know, hence the the, the area outdoor show. So it's it just kind of this neat little bubble that, that seems to be at, at like the musky max it's you know i always love that show because it's like the hometown show so that's just my little observation if that meant, means anything i could have been rambling oh the shows are no, great absolutely. That's, it, it, the cool thing is there's, there's a nice blend of exhibitors that come from a lot of different places 
And it's the nice thing is too, we have that exhibitors reception on Saturday night. It's a great opportunity for people to catch up uh, with one another and and network and, um, you know, over, over whatever it is they want to drink and, and have some fun. And it's just, it's a good time. And we want to continue doing that. Um, that's the, the goal will always be for Muskie Max to be Muskie first. We want to include everybody else as far as multi-species anglers. Um, we want families. We want to get kids involved. We want to keep them. We want to make it special for them so it, it becomes part of that whole memorable experience for them. When they, they say, hey, remember when my grandpa, we used to go to Muskie Max and, and we booked our first trip with Todd Young? You know, that, that kind of thing. That, those are the stories we want to hear in five years, ten years, that, that kind of stuff. Nice. Yeah, the yeah, stuff like stuff. stuff like that when you were up in Canada, it really wasn't. It wasn't around. The idea no, for no. big shows like the idea for big shows like this, no. all started from probably an experience you had, Sean, and just like you know, we should we should put something together like this. You know, we just experienced something yeah. like that. We should put, you know, like the the Minnow Fund and in the Mike Money Fund, uh, mm-hmm. from the guys from Ohio we had on a couple of weeks ago. Those ideas like that, uh, it just starts, and then they grow like crazy. There was a reason Sean was saying, like, when he was going up there fishing back then, he was using Rapalas and Rebels, because that's what you had. Mm -hmm. You didn't have access to this stuff. There wasn't the people doing this. Uh, And if it was, you were localizing your little thing. I mean, this is just, it's an, it's a, you know, these shows are, we've talked about it before great place to go i mean you're gonna run into you know podley of parties whole line of baits you know people like dale wiley uh people like the boss shed our stuff all the other lure makers that are going to be there you know local and non-local but uh you can go see them touch them look at the colors the special show colors da 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 you know and uh there's only one place you can get to do that and that's at a show you're not going to see that at cabela's you're not going to see that at gander mountain <laughs> well, you know. it's kind of funny too because we've built sort of a model we've built a nice a nice model to to develop a show brand a show organize a show because there's a lot of behind the scenes legwork like i said it's a year in advance planning yep. for the next year you know for the next event but i've got people reaching out to me they're calling core three group now saying hey we'd like you to consider partnering up and, and maybe in one of our events, we start a musky segment. We'd like you to bring that in. So I'm, I'm entertaining a lot of different, different ideas. Um, I've cool. got people calling me up asking me, Hey, listen, I'd like you to help us promote a wine festival. We want to give it a name, get an identity, all these. So it's, it's kind of fun, you know, in a lot of different directions, but we've built a nice model and uh, you know, I'm just glad people enjoy it. And I love the feedback. Yeah, prepping for the shows is is work, and it almost takes you, you prep for them. I know we think about next year when we leave Muskie Max. Yes, we you do. know we're like hmm, next year. What are we gonna do? You're yeah, prepping. We already all- think about baits we need to bring. Yeah. we sold out of this. We ran out of this. We need to do this. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of work, but- and and the the reward is is there coming to these shows like that. I mean, you you it's a giant airplane hangar of bait vent vendors and rods and and all the stuff across the industry you got you sh- should definitely take advantage of it 
There's <laughs> another bring, aspect too that a cats. lot of people don't get to experience who haven't been <laughs> on the other side of the table at an expo. On the exhibitor's side of the table, when you're an attendee, it's like being at church and showing up in the pew. But there's a lot of other things that happen to make that all come together. And then even with, with the exhibitors, all the prep that you guys need to do, if you're selling product, that's one thing. But, Todd, like with, with the guide service, you've got to be on for two full days. Mm-hmm. Telling that same story, sharing the same uh-huh. story. Andy, it's the same thing with Fat AZ. You know, you're you're showing what you've got, new colors, you've got styles, you've got things like that. That's That takes a lot of energy, man. It really does. It does. When you get on a circuit and you do this. Like like I said, I've been on both sides of the table, so I get it. I know I know what it's all about. But yeah. that can be taken for granted, too. It's exhausting, and but it's but it's worthwhile too. Oh yeah, we you know we there's times I'm like I'm a broken record. One person leaves, the next person comes <laughs> up, and I'm just same thing. Just you know saying stuff. You know this this what I just told the guy before, and you know, it, it's all good. I mean it is. You know that there are times like we, we've we've talked about it many times. Like last year, there was a time I didn't get to see Todd because there were so many people in between everyone in the whole booth. And we're like, like finally we were like, we all look at each other, we take a yeah. deep breath and we're like, huh. Oh, so what have you been doing today? You know, it's, because... yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like two o'clock. We're, we're all in the same box and all doing the same thing, but we have no idea what anyone has, has been through. <laughs> it, it's like, we all gang up and be like, you wouldn't believe what my day's been like, <laughs> but we're all in the same boat. <laughs> But we yeah, love that's it. That's an amazing problem. To have. Yeah, we love that, that problem. Is, that is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I guess before okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm, and stuff. to uh, I'm I'm just gonna quote the uh, the great Andrew Bernard uh, in relation to these musky shows. Okay, and, let's hear it. Here it is. I wish there was a way to know when you're in the good old days before you've actually left them. Hmm. That's deep, man. We're in the good old days. Of musky fishing right now, and these shows are a part of it. I agree. Andy Bernard is a fictional character off of a TV show called The Office. Yes, no longer. <laughs> Come uh, to the shows. Come to the shows, uh, Sean. You hit hit up all the plugs you can for the Musky Max, and then. Uh, oh man. Well, I think uh, I I need to start with the sponsors. I mean, the exhibitors, that's one thing. And we we got them, like I said, from 16 states, Ontario and Ottawa, Canada. And they're they're all really good people, you know, with good service offerings from lodging to guide services to to tackle. I I can't even go down through that list. But, you know, a lot of this is it's a small show. So without sponsorship, um, much of this, we can't make it a great event and with sponsorship, it, it's all doable. And Field and Stream, I'll start with them. They've been a great partner to work with um, for so many different reasons. But uh, in helping to promote, you know, the event and participating in the event, not really going into that with to step on everybody's toes. They, they want to compliment and just help make it a, a better show. Uh, McElwain Motors, uh, Elwood City, the Chevy dealership just a great group to work with in fact right now we've got a um a lot of people don't know this i mean they check it out on facebook and that's one of the ways we publicize it um heavily but there's a test drive for tickets campaign that's that's on right now it goes uh from 
February 2nd, which already started through March 2nd. Um, anybody goes to McElwain Motors in Elwood City, you test drive any newer used vehicle, um, you pick up two free tickets to the show, and your um, your name gets thrown in for a drawing. We do a cool drawing every year. Last year, the drawing was for an iPad Mini, which is a pretty neat pretty neat prize. This year, it's a Bradley Smoker, and um, it's, it's kind of exciting. So McElwain Motors, they're, they're paired up with castor oil. Um, uh, Bete is an insurance agency. You know, if you own a boat, a truck, a home, um, you know, they're the people to talk to. They work with us on a lot of different things, and uh, they're actually going to be at the show. They're actually co-sponsoring um, the breakout sessions, which is a really cool thing. The, um, the other one is Blank Concrete and Supply, uh, a lot of building materials that people don't even know about. I mean, concrete is one thing. It's one piece of their business. They, they metered concrete. They've got, a, they've got a state-of-the-art batch plant, and they could do a, a mix for any type of um, purpose that you would need. But they also carry a ton of building supplies um, with Trader Horn uh, closing their doors, particularly wow, yeah. you know, locally. The, this place can supply you with PVC pipe, plastic pipe, gravel. I mean, a lot of different things that you wouldn't think about, um, but they're a great company. They've been around since 1904, so obviously they're doing something right. And they're um, they're co-sponsoring the uh, – or actually they're sponsoring the exhibitor's reception on Saturday night. So really want to thank them for that. Um, another one would be uh, Tyson Smith. He's the Edward Jones uh investment guy um in beaver county and he's going to be at the show in the kids spot um, a lot of parents show up obviously with their kids he wants to be able to share some information with them about the 529 college planning so he's sponsoring the kids section this year so like i said we want to make it a great event memorable event and without these sponsors a lot of this doesn't happen so we really want to support these people i love it good deal that uh, it, you you talk like you've done this before, you you just have a <laughs> four times. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's great. What is it? March fourth and fifth. March fourth and fifth. It's going to be a party. There's you know it's a party atmosphere. There's music going on the whole time. We've got great raffles. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention too. This is kind of cool. We've paired up with um, Heroes on the Water, and I'm not sure if, if anybody knows much about this organization, but their mission is to get, you know, combat warriors, um, amputee victims, you know, people that have suffered really tragic things. When they're coming back um, to kind of get re rejuvenated back home, they're doing their part in getting them on the water. Um, and a lot of it is... is uh, helping them with kayak programs and things like that last year with the raffles that we did during the event we were able to hand over a nice check to um heroes on the water and uh jim evans who is my primary contact there said uh you know it was so great we were able to pick up four kayaks last year from the proceeds that we received through muskie max so that's, that's awesome. another yeah that's another group that you don't want to forget about heroes on the water Nice. I mean, it, you know, I, I, you get those those programs. Like, what was that? Uh, that was it. The DAV, Todd. That, that that's the one that sticks out the most in my head. 
that you took some some veterans? Yeah, the, yeah, I did stuff with the Wounded Warriors, and then uh, right now they're still Muddy Creek Fishing Guides still doing stuff with the uh, Butler uh, Butler VA Hospital. Uh, Jim Burr, who used to guide with with me, uh, retired, but he's taking guys out from the VA. I just at the Moraine, they're taking them out on pontoons and catching catfish. You just getting them out, getting them out of that hospital and getting them out onto the water. And, uh, they, we always had a great time doing it and they still do. Yeah. Now, now Sean, you're saying that the, the proceeds from the raffles go to, so, so this is, this is something that, you know, if you're there, these raffle tickets, they're, they're not just going to go, you know, line someone's pocket They're they're it's, it's going to a worthy cause. Yeah, what we did last year, um, well, actually every year, but last year, for example, we had, um, you know, we, we sold tickets, you know, a dollar a chance, something like that. And we had a lot of door prizes that were donated from a lot of different organizations and um, something really special. And we were able to take the proceeds from that and, and write a check to Heroes on the Water and you know, it was a great thing. They're super appreciative. But, man, Todd, even like what you just explained with the Butler um, VA hospital, getting yeah. out there and doing those things, that, that see, that's what I mean. This is more than just an expo where we can go sell something. This is a movement. This is where you start to change the way you think about things. It's the way that you make, you know, families more aware of what's really important, you know, by example, you do these things. We get it, and a lot of yeah. people get it. We just want to keep promoting these yeah. kind of things. It's it's a little a little bit of good goes a long way, man. It really does. Not everybody had the opportunities that you did and I did. You know, the same thing. My grandpa taking me to Canada when I was, you know, one year old. Obviously, I don't remember that one, but that's just where we went on vacation. You know. Right. And uh, you, you, you had the same thing. Not everybody gets that opportunity. And man, if you can get some people started doing that, what a great, what great memories and what a great life you can <laughs> remember well, by getting it started know, that way. One last, <laughs> I mean, one last plug I, I want to throw out there. It would be really for our muskie maxers, our attendees. These, these people um, have really shown up in a big way. As mm-hmm. far as social media, they're, they're sharing, they're liking, they're, they're engaging. They're doing a lot of wonderful things to help, keeping, you know, to help keep this moving in the right direction. And um, without the attendees, none of this other stuff happens. You, know, you yeah. need sponsors, you need quality exhibitors, you need to put together a solid program, but you also need people to come, and they've, they've shown up in a big way. Um, even during a snowstorm one year when we had this, part of yeah. Interstate 80 was closed and part of 79 was closed. <laughs> the people that came from the, the south, Pittsburgh, South Hills, Washington County, that were able to come to the show, they, they came with open wallets. They, mm-hmm. they were there. Um, they meant business. You know, They wanted to make it all work. So we really appreciate that sincerely. We appreciate our Muskie Maxers. So do I. Because... <laughs> Without them, we wouldn't go. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Any other plugs, Sean? I think I think we're good. Just I mean, just to you guys, really. I appreciate you 
um, number one, you know, inviting me on the show. I think this is a wonderful thing that you're doing. You've got uh, great content, and I'm going to start promoting this through our Muskie Max Facebook page uh, almost immediately. So we want to we want to sort of reciprocally do some things for you. That's awesome. Appreciate that. That's right. And also, we're going to be thanking Boshad, Boshad.net, Mark's Bait Tackle and Ammo, Ravenna, Ohio, world's largest Boshad dealer. Check them out. They have the online store up. They have a Facebook page. You can also find Boshad on Instagram. He's posts pretty regularly. And Facebook, and I've already hit it, but Boshad.net, St. Croix Rods, Best on Earth. Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com on Facebook. And I already said the website. He's also Todd Young on Facebook, Fat Easy Muskie Products, fatazmuskie.com, Instagram, Facebook, blah, blah, blah. That's me. Then uh, Wiley Lures, muskythrills.com, O'Donnell's down in, I forget the city. Porterville. Porterville. Pennsylvania. And jacksonlure.com. They have some sometimes of the year so uh they'll in fact all the lure makers are going to be at the musky max mm-hmm. so all uh, the cool ones that's right <laughs> 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 so uh we hope to see you there anybody that's listening and contact vance if you can't make it and you want some special bait he'll pick it up for you and ship it to you mm-hmm. and so. contact andy if you need any special colors banded that's right. Use the word custom. <laughs> yeah, use the word custom because that, that so just grabs my attention. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> thanks for listening, and uh, it's going to get warm, so some people will be fishing. So anyways, be safe.